Good morning. Good late morning. God is good. Amen? All the time. Well, uh, we're on our series uh, called Overcoming Everything. Uh, you know, we covered uh, fatigue last week. We've done, uh, you know, bitterness. How many have experienced some deliverance and bitterness? Two of you? The rest of you are all bitter, huh? <laughs> are you bitter against me? No, I'm just kidding. But um, hopefully, when you listen to sermons and messages, you know, the Bible says don't just listen to the word, but be doers of the word. You know, you want to, you want to hear it, and you want to walk in, in it, and you want to follow uh, God's principles in it. Today is uh, I, one dear to my heart. I try to cover, <coughs> excuse me, some aspect of this concept a couple times a year because the scriptures are so full of uh, this concept, and it's overcoming losing. How many want to overcome losing? You know, I think of all the different things that we lose in, and that's really going to be our topic today. So I'm going to open up us up in prayer and then invite the Lord in. Father, I thank you uh, for your mercies that are new every morning. I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would let these scriptures come to life. Lord, I thank you that you're on our side. Lord, you not only love us, but you gave yourself up for us, Lord, to bring us toward victory, Lord, to help us win and live in the fruits of your spirit, which is the love, the joy, the peace, Lord, the goodness. You've called us to those things. And I thank you too, Lord, that you're not going to omit the trials and we shouldn't be surprised when we have trials, but you've given us victory over them. Because you've overcome the world. That's what your word says. Lord, we want to go beyond hope today. And we want to walk, you know, just really look at some of the things that we need to walk in. Not by our own power. And I don't want to turn anyone to the flesh. But Lord, as we turn to your spirit. And as you empower us beyond even our turning. Would you show us the way to walk? Be that voice behind us as says, move to the left or move to the right. Lord, we confess that on our own, we will always wreck ourselves. And that's why we need to be saved. And Lord, I know there's an eternal salvation, so to speak. But Lord, we want to be saved today. We want to be rescued in our situation today. We want to be rescued from our weaknesses today. So draw us close to you. Let your word bring life to us. And I thank you that you hear what we, what we ask for. Two or more gathered in your name, there I am in your midst. How is it when the whole congregation comes together? How much more powerful are you here? So fill us up with your spirit. And those who don't know you, Lord, I pray that you draw them by your kindness and your goodness. Let them know you're on their side. In Jesus' name. Can I hear amen? amen. You know, I love that scripture. If God is for us. Who can be against us? Right? It's like my God can beat up your God. Right, bring him on. You know, you ever do that with your dad when you're younger? My dad could take your dad. Then you see their dad and you go, well, maybe your dad could take my dad. But I'll tell you one thing. My God can take your God, but actually my God is your God. Amen? Now, overcoming losing, and I, and I really, I asked the question, are you sick of losing? 
Do you, do you like that? <laughs> I found that I had to put that on there. Just, you know, it's like the loser. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about losing the big game, you know. You know, or some of you guys are watching the NBA, uh, you know, the conference finals coming up here and how exciting it is and the Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe you got this big project at work. You got to get the big win. And it might be really important, you know. Um, or God has something else that he's focusing you on. Uh, so I'm not talking about that. And I'm not just talking about a general life like you're going to win and building your character. Those are all important things, and they're things that God wants to do. I, I want to talk about the habit, the pattern of winning, and, and really overcoming losing, and what do winners do? I have a whole section here today of how do winners live, and I'm not going to be talking just from a worldly perspective, like, you know, they're super ambitious, and, you know, they, you know, found the right market, and you have to, you know, study the markets and see, you know, you know, invest contrary, and so when the stock price is low, that's when you buy it. I'm not talking about that kind of worldly success, but it could have worldly success to it. Like it's tangible, it's pragmatic. I, I want to talk about knowing who you are, knowing what God has called you to do, the projects He's giving you, and also learning from the losing and the failing you've done in the past. How many have lost and failed in the past? How many have lost even bigger than you? Point to them. Just point to them. Yeah. yeah. It's easier pointing at others, isn't it? You know? And, and how many believe, and in, in, just be honest, resonating in your heart of hearts, even when you're on a bad turn or feeling like you're not moving forward, how many believe truly that God is calling you to a victorious life? Do, do you believe that? Do you believe that he's able to do that? Or, or do you believe like he's saying... And I want you to lose a lot longer. I want pain and suffering just to keep going. And, you know, we'll just take one scripture and say, you know, he wants to carry our cross daily. You know, part of carrying that cross is not just walking in suffering. It's true. But it's walking in the suffering of Christ and recognizing what that suffering has accomplished. You know what it's accomplished? Victory. Amen? And I think there's sometimes debates in Christian circles. If you talk too much about things going well and finding ways to prosper us, you, you, you can get labeled as, you know, you're afraid to talk about the tough stuff. I'm not afraid to talk about any tough stuff, but I'm not afraid to talk about the stuff that God's actually doing, you know, in victory in our lives. Amen. I love when Jesus says, I have come to bring you life and life to the full. It's an abundant life. And I not only like to live in it, but I like to preach about it. And it's true, and it's all found in his word. And I, I put a couple comments in here, and you have to understand this. Do you realize that not everybody wants you to win? Not, not only is there an enemy, but there sometimes there's people around you. They're so not used to winning that losing has become such a pattern that even the thought of you dreaming or having something close to a victory sounds like it can't happen that they feel that they have to discourage you to bring you back to reality. And the Bible does say that the fool has his eyes on the ends of the earth. You know, so you can go too far and you need to bring yourself back to ground. I'm going to talk about some ways to do that today. Not everybody only doesn't just want you to win, but you might have people that want you to win, but don't know how to help you win. They may not even understand what the win means to you. Like you, there's a certain thing you believe God is doing in your life and they can't see it. And I have found through the years that not everybody will listen to you when you share what your vision and dreams are. 
How many have experienced that before? Even the people around you, you have vision and purpose and you feel like God's telling you, but no one seems to be interested. That can happen as well. And I think David understood that. And so they, can't, they, don't, they might not understand it. They might not be able to contribute to it. So I, would, I was hoping to bring you to God's perspective and then encourage you to dig deep within you to find out what God is depositing and who he's made you to be. And then finding ways to start overcoming losing so that you can find victory in the different areas of your life, whether it's your family or your marriage or parenting or a project or a call that, that has God gives, given you a purpose. And you might see yourself small in your own eyes. And the scripture is full of people that God called that saw themselves small in their own eyes. And God said, yes, but I have a plan. Moses did not think he would amount to much. He didn't. And he took a lot of things in his own hands. But God had a great deliverance. And how many know the name of Moses? You know, the, the, the woman, you know, who, who gets remembered, you know, just for breaking the perfume over Christ's feet. She gets remembered just by her devotion. And God has a legacy he wants to build. What is your life and is it victorious? Jesus says, and I love this, just to get us started here. He says, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured with how much you own. And it seems like that, man, if you own a house and a vacation house and a boat and a motorcycle, you're going to be really happy on the day you die. You won't care about that stuff. Not that much, unless, you know, it's an inheritance that God gave you to pass down. But life isn't measured that way. God himself has a way of seeing victory, and he wants to show you. And how many want to learn this today? You know? Are you, come on, raise your hand a little higher. Just a little zeal is all right in the morning, right? It, the first service has already been up for hours. You guys just woke up like 10 minutes ago. I know how the 11 o'clock service is like, hey, man, you just got up, man. We're up till 4 in the morning, Right? How many went to bed after one in the morning? How many are lying? You raise your hands. Okay, there's a few of you. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, Psalm 149, four, just going to set the stage here. For the Lord takes delight in his people, and he really does. He cares about his people. He takes delight in them. He, 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 lo- he loves to. He's inhabited by our praises. He just inhabits himself. He deposits himself. He makes way to bring justification for us. He cares about us. He is delivering us. He's saving us. He's not trying to become a winner. God is already a winner. He's expending life, uh, energy, you know, resources, reputation, everything to show you how to walk in the same winner attitude that he has. He crowns the humble with victory. And I love this. The horse is made ready for the day of battle. I mean, you've got to get the horse ready because the other uh, and the enemy's coming. It says, but victory rests with the Lord. God is the one who's ultimately going to bring victory. So I got seven things, and I'm going to walk through them here. Number one, the first thing is you have to align with God's definition of winning. Okay, what does he think about it? And I put there, the way of the kingdom is contrarian. It goes opposite. It's like I learned that word contrarian learning about the stock market. You know, when, when the stock prices go down, everybody starts selling. But what are you supposed to do when the stock price goes down? That's when you're supposed to buy. It's contrary. 
because the prices go all the way down and now you have money and you buy. And then when the stock price goes way up, that's when you what? That's when you sell and everyone else buys. It's the opposite. It's contrarian. Now, let me just give you a few examples just to kind of get a summary of this. But the first one here is living through dying. Jesus says, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it'll bear much fruit. And it's hard for, I'm not talking about I want you all to go home and commit suicide. I'm saying that the Bible says that you, when you die to your own ambitions, to your own venture, capitalist ideas, and you die to it and start to come alive to let the Lord animate you and direct you, he says that's when you'll start to bear fruit. And it's contrary because normally it's just apply yourself and then kill yourself and overwork yourself and then you'll finally get it. But you see those people, they just burn themselves out. And especially in the Lord. Or they make a ton of money and find no happiness. And then they lose their family and they lose all kinds of things instead. Uh, the next one is exaltation through humility. Humble yourselves and the Lord will lift you up. You know, and so instead of becoming greater and getting a PR firm and you know, trying to become greater, and you're becoming less. And, and, the, and the Lord is becoming greater. And the Lord says, I'll lift you up. You'll, you'll be down, things will be down, but I'll lift you up. I, I gave an example to our first service. We have, we have a, a church planner who was planting churches in Cambodia. And he, he, this guy is kind of like, and I just used the word hick. He's kind of a hick. He reminds me of someone who'd be on Duck Dynasty. And, um, but then, then think the poorest guy that you'd ever see in the Duck Dynasty show episode. Well, he got called, him and his wife got called to Cambodia. He's like a no-nonsense guy. How's it going? We're just really excited about being there. He's really just kind of really laid back, no, not fancy, not like, you know, incredibly intelligent, like a, like a super intellect, nothing like that. He went there in 1999 to just plant churches there. And he just said, okay, Lord, send me out there. So he, they went out there and they just were in the village. And he was noticing in Cambodia all these kids with missing arms. And legs, they're everywhere. Because they still, they still have to find mines there through all the, all the wars and that have been that plagued North and South of Vietnam and Cambodia. And he just said, you know what, let's start an orphanage. I feel like the Lord wants us to start an orphanage. So he started an orphanage, just a little one, like seven kids. And then they brought their brothers and sisters, and that became 20 kids with 40 kids. And he called and tried to get round up some money. They now have 1,500 orphanages. Out of those orphanages, they planted over 1,300 churches. And you should see, him. He, they're, they're, we have the one scene, video of him, and he, him and his wife are sitting there, and there are thousands, thousands of Cambodians around, and he's just like, you know, Uncle Bill, sitting around there. And they go, what, what was the secret of what happened? Oh, I don't know. God just called us out here and he just told us he'd show us what to do. And we just did a bunch of little things and God just blew it up. Like, like, are, you, like are you in charge of all this? Yeah, I'm in charge, but, but God's get, oh, I got all kinds of smart people around me that they, they, they lead all kinds of stuff. We love the people. And, and I thought, you know, the average church size is almost 650 people. That is amazing. Now, God may not be calling you to church planning. He might be calling you something else, some influential place. You might think, I'm not ready. Moses wasn't ready. Jeremiah wasn't ready. I'm going to show you his response in a few minutes. 
Do you realize how incredible God is and how much he's for you? Inside your heart is ringing for purpose. It's ringing. I promise you that when I'm talking like this, there's a resonation. That's not the flesh, it's the spirit that says, yes, I know it, but I don't know how to get there. And the Lord is saying, I will walk you there. I will show you. I'm going to give you a lot of principles that you can start. You don't, I, I'm hoping if when you hear the five, ten things I'm going to talk about here, I hope you just pick the one thing that the Lord is saying to you today. There's probably one point that just when it stands out, you're going, that's the one. Don't worry about all of them. Just worry about the ones God's showing you. Strength through weakness. I'm not going to mention this too much because we've already talked about it. You know, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When you fail, that's when you learn, right? When you don't have the energy or the power, that's when God comes. When you need a miracle and you're hopeless, God demonstrates himself to the, to the hopeless. And he says, watch me, right? When we're weak, he shows us strength and power, When we're dumb, he gives us intelligence and wisdom. He knows how to navigate. When you don't know what direction to go to, and we've tried every avenue, maybe it's this, and maybe it's that, and maybe it's that, and maybe it's this, maybe it's this, and maybe it's that. Let me call five more people. Maybe it's this, and maybe it's that, and maybe it's that, and I'm not sure. And God says, why don't you consult me? Like the the kings of old would go to the prophet of God and say, "What, what should we do? And we are not like the New Old Testament. In the New Testament, God pours his spirit on all the people. Amen? And God gives us wisdom, and all of a sudden we have direction. Strength through weakness, receiving through giving. Instead of being the hoarder and trying to get it, God's going, no, be the giver, and then watch me empower your giving in all the ways that you live. You give, oh, more. I give you more. The, the, the world is the opposite. It's taking. Take from your employees. Take from, from the customer. Take to as much as we can take. Let's keep taking. We can gather it. And then let's stash it. And let's store it. And put it in barns. And, and, and save it for a day so we can start building. And let's keep collecting it. God goes, invest it. And give it. And move it out. <sighs> Isn't God's way weird? Isn't it? It's like so opposite. There's probably someone in here going... No way, right? No way. And I understand. I'm, I, I, I feel for you. But I've been walking with the Lord probably 27 years, something like that. And I have found that God always works best when you go his ways. How many want to overcome losing? Good, 12 of you. <laughs> Greatness through service. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Listen to Luke 22, uh, 25. It's not up there, but I'm just going to read it. Jesus is telling his disciples, listen to his message. In this world, the kings and the great men, they lord it over the people. They're in charge. They want you to know it. Yet they are called, no, they were friends. They, look, at they donated to us. They gave us money. And he says, but among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like the servant. In other words, We're not just pushing our dreams and our focus. It's what God has put in the others to serve the others. Greatness through service, gaining through losing. And this is a classic one. You know, in Matthew, it says, if you look, find your life, you'll lose it. This one says, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. And if you let your life go, you'll save it. In other words, you keep trying to preserve your life and what you're, you're preserving everything that you have. You know, Jesus says, don't, 
run after the clothes and all this other stuff. Heavenly Father will take care of you. But, but this is the person who can't, has a hard time letting it all go. And he's saying, let it go. Just walk. What would happen if you walked today and just said, I'm going to trust God's provision? Think he'll let you go? It's exactly what he wants you to do. To trust him with your resources. It's the opposite. Gain through losing. Okay, align with God's definition of winning. Number two, understand that God's win is not the project. It's not the thing you're doing. Yes, it's part of it, but the main goal is you. You know, I was talking to a pastor friend, and he, he was working on, uh, he was getting frustrated. He had a, a kind of a difficulty with someone in his congregation who was a leader, but there had been some gossip, and he was trying to solve the problem. And he goes, Eric, I'm just discouraged right now. Just, you know, he, he kind of, he didn't really want to quit, but he wanted to just say it. And he goes, it's just like, you know, the, I'm just, I, you know, this is so difficult in this situation. And I told him, I said, I said, listen, I said, do you understand that God called you into ministry here? And he goes, yeah. And I said, and he wants you to overcome this? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I understand that. And I go, and he's using this to sanctify you. God could have made you a, 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 you know, a baker and he'd use, how many have had trials in your own work? Come on. God will use whatever it is. It doesn't matter where you move, right? I've, I've had enough of this, man. I'm moving to LA. Okay, well, you have problems in LA and they'll have problems with you, right? Well, forget it. I'm just going to move some small town. I'm going to move to North Dakota, a town of five people. Yeah, but one of those five is just going to be that one, right? Welcome to North Dakota. Come on in here, man. Yeah, I took your money. What about it? Right? It doesn't matter where it is. God will give you, allow the trials to come because Jesus says in this world you have tribulation, but guess what? I have overcome the world. I have overcome it. In him, we have the victory. God's win is you. Listen to this. You didn't choose me. But I chose you. Him, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking them to relative to the call. You didn't, I, you didn't come up here and go, oh, I want to I become a disciple. I want to do this. I chose you. And he says, and I appointed you. I like that word, tithamai. It's a, it's a, you know, I allocated to you. I assigned to you. I gave to you. He's going to give the same call to Jeremiah. I appointed you to go. Do what? And produce what? Lasting fruit. Right? God isn't saying, hey, I want you to have a couple good crops and I want your life to be miserable for months and then I want you to come back. No, you're going to overcome losing. You're going to have a fruitful life. It's going to be an abundant life. You're going to increase. Look at Peter before the cross and look at Peter after the cross. He's the one who writes First and Second Peter with great confidence. He's the leader of leaders. A great man. God's win is you. Number three, you have to know your blueprint, who you are, who God made you to be. So you don't waste time trying to be who you're not. Okay, there are certain things, giftings and callings that God has given you. And the more you walk out of those giftings, the more damage you usually do. I've learned this the hard way. You know, even in our church, you know, I'd we'd have to work on children's ministry or some kind of thing. And I'd go, okay, I'll go in there and help make it happen. And then I'd try to take it over and then to try to raise people up in it and do all the work by myself. And every time I did that, God's going, well, you ruined that. And I went, yeah. 
And I go, you're right, Lord. I got to trust you. And there's other people who can do that. And that lasted three weeks. And then I'd go back. Yeah, maybe they can do it, but I'll show them how. Because I got this idea. Maybe like this. And they'd come back and they'd go, mm, are you teachable? Yeah, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> Have you ever done this before? No. Are you any good at this? No. But it's, we're going to go through your idea? No. And then I, I found out that there are other people that are good at stuff. I thought the whole world revolved around me. It's, it turns out it's not true. How, how, many, how many deal with this kind of thing? Come on. Right? right? And, and you can tell the strong leaders build people up and raise them up. Weak leaders pushing people down. They don't give the people the opportunities. I have plenty of times when people walk in our church and they go, who is the lead pastor? I'm like, I don't know. <clears throat> Who's got the keys to this? I don't have any. What's the combination? I don't know. But there's seven people who know it. I don't know which ones they are. You know, it, it, it's like, guess what? And you think that that might come off irresponsible, but it's not. I, I feel and take the weight of responsibility that God has given me. Having said that, I take the responsibility of raising people up who are as competent or more competent than me to do great things. Do I hear an amen? amen? Can you do this in your life? You want to overcome winning? You got to know your blueprint. You know what you can do? And you're strong and you're a horse and a stallion and you'll ride strong. And there are other times when you're the pig and you're going to trample everything. Right? I just made that up, obviously. Before... <laughs> I, God created my inmost being. He knit me together. He fashioned me. He had plans for me. He chose me. I didn't choose him. And he appointed me and he appointed you for great works. Right? Which he prepared in advance, Ephesians says to do. He appointed us with fruit that will last. And it says, before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah. And he's not talking about a pre-existence. He's talking about his ever in um, his foreknowledge. I knew you. I knew what I would do. And the reason you know it's not that, it's because of the tense of the verb. I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. Before you did anything, before you were doing stuff, I already appointed you this way. Discover your blueprint. Number four, live within your purpose. He says, I knew you. I set you apart and I appointed you Okay, as a prophet to the nations, I want you to speak to the people. And you might think, well, I'm not a prophet to the nations. Yes, you might be. You might be a prophet to the people God has called you to within the nations. You're a voice. And I love, I love Jeremiah's response. He says, alas, sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. And I'm too young. Isn't that typical? God goes, guess what? I got killer stuff for you. You're going to be doing this, and you're going, I don't know how to do that. Perfect. I'm telling you right now, there is people here called to significant things that you have no idea that you've been afraid to step out into. And maybe your attitude has held you back. Maybe your fear. Maybe instead of living in courage, people have discouraged you. Taken, taken away, they sucked the courage out of you. Or people that had the power to encourage you, that were right next to you, they had the power of life in their tongue withheld. I see parents do it with their kids. I see spouses do it with each other. I see 
project teams do it. They can, they can do so much with their tongue, but they don't do it. And then people get stuck and they say, man, I don't know why I can't grow. And I go, no one believes in me. And I'm telling you, God believes in you. He does. I believe in you. God gives you a prophetic ear. There's so much people, oh, he's a prophet. Why don't you prophesy things that actually matter if you're a real prophet from God? And we don't just need one or two prophets in the New Testament. The Bible says he pours his spirit out on all the people. Do I hear amen? amen. This is true, okay? Acts 17, 26 says, from one man he made all the nations. It's, you could just translate that the languages, the people groups that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history. In other words, he made them, he populated the earth, and he marked out the things that would have significance and the boundaries of their lands, of their possession, of what they would own. With Joshua, he says, go into the land, wherever you set your foot, Joshua, just look around, get a sense from me, walk, and it's yours. Boy, How much more is that in the New Testament? The kingdom of God is advancing. Forceful men take hold of it. You know, I've seen, honestly, I've seen churches come in, and I'm just going to talk from my world. Churches come in, and even pastors. I remember meeting this one pastor my first month here, and he goes, man, God called me to Utah and all this stuff. He was talking on. Every time we got together, he was talking on. He left after six months. And I go, why did you waste your breath? You just wanted to have a burden where it wasn't there. We need to hear from God. Amen? You can't make this up. The reason why we will not fail is not because of anything of us and they're not because anything of you. It's because God called us out here. It didn't matter if we had 10 bucks and we had more than 10 bucks, but not much more. (laughs) Okay, number five, we have to learn how winners live. So you know your blueprint, you discover your purpose, you've aligned with God's definition of winning, you realize it's you, but he's going to express himself in projects. And now you ask yourself, how do the winners live? And Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. How do winners lose? When they lose, how do they get up? These are some key things that the scripture has. I'm just going to talk to them real briefly, but go over them. What do winners do? You put the graph up there. First of all, winners that I know in the Lord, in kingdom projects, put God first. Amen? I know people who put family first. Family before everything. Listen, when you put yourself first, because that's what you do when you put family first. What do I mean? The minute you don't put God first, you're first, right? Because you can't, if you don't put God first, then something else has to be the top because you're not following God's way, so he can't be first, and he says he has to be first, so you put yourself first. And then you put your family underneath them, so now you create idolatry for yourself, and you create powerlessness for your family. But when you make God first, your family is the one that benefits. Amen? This is first. God, you put God first. You don't put entertainment first. You don't put your ideas first. You don't put, you put his principles first with your finances and all those things. You make the investment with your time. Okay, the second one there. With your calendar, you know, life is a race to the calendar. With your talent, 
You know, I've told Jody, I said, I said, we have young members that are learning how to play worship and they're growing in their ministry gifts. And they, you know, we're, we're a music media world. So God is raising up different music and media and video and film, web technology people all over the world. And I said, but I don't want them on the teams if they're not investing in their craft. Like if they're not learning, you know, you take Pete when he plays, you know, many of you know Pete, when he plays electric guitar, he's smoking on that guitar. Yeah. And, and, and there's, he doesn't have the, look at me while I play. Look. Okay? And the thing is, he works on his craft all the time. And it's devoted to God. And, and I see others. You should be working on your voice. You should be working. How would you like it if someone was up here preaching and didn't know the word? Oh, yeah. I don't know where that scripture is. Maybe it's in the Bible. I'm not sure. But keep going. Yeah. How would you like that if you got your, you know, your brain surgery? We're going to brain surgery. Huh? Wow. That's a big brain. <laughs> someone get the duct tape and some scissors. We're gonna, I haven't read anything for a while. But it was like five new techniques that are out there. I don't know what they are. Listen, you need to make the investment. If you're not a good leader, learn how. And if you think you're a good leader, ask other people if they think you are. Okay? The, the next one is, and this is the one of the, oh, let, one more thing on the last one here. You know the parable where they get the one talent to the one guy and he buries it. The guy with the two talent invests it and gets two more. The one with five, five more. It's, everyone's heard that story probably. This is important to God. It's important that when he gives you something of significance, talent and gifts from above, that you invest it, that you risk it, that you make something of it. That you don't go the easy route and assume God is not the kind of guy, not the kind of God that will reward this effort. You know, I know he's kind of a hard man. He's probably not going to do anything. So you sit on your butt or you waste your talent by giving it to the world in a way that doesn't promote the kingdom or doesn't honor the kingdom. You will lose. You will not overcome losing. We have to have kingdom minded. And then this next one is probably one of the most important ones of all the ones I'm going to talk about today. It's remain teachable. I told you that pastor, after we did our men's retreat, one of the pastors came up to me because I'm the superintendent and I'm his, you know, his pastor. And he came to me and he said, Eric, he says, uh, he says, um, how'd you think I did? He goes, I, cause we'd been praying all the way up to that point. And I, and I said, I said, you really did excellent. You nailed it. And he goes, do you have any feedback, anything at all? I want you to really think about it. And he goes, take, just take a second. So I just thought of it. And I said, well, you know what? And I, I said, maybe in this one area, you probably turn people to the flesh a little bit more than you intended by the way you said it. And, and I quoted a couple of scriptures. And I said, this scripture says this, but you kind of let it like this without being specific. It was just a detail. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, he goes, that's great. He goes, so he went up there. He didn't say, oh, Eric told me something. Or, and it wasn't like, oh, kudos to Eric. It was his teachability that, that is honored. He, he then just walked up there and he casually, just as he was talking, corrected what he said without saying it. And then just went on. And then later he just goes, hey, thanks. And I thought to myself, there is a winner. There's a winner. 
You, you talk to some people and boy, you give them any input in their life and they'll break down. Seriously, they'll break down. They, they, they'll be so devastated by it or they're broken by it or something. And I understand people are hurt in all kinds of ways, but there are times when you just get input and you, everyone just say, say, thank you. One more time, just say, thank you. Part of knowing who you are is realizing that you have flaws. And as people tell you, they will tell you for your own good. I never like it. Okay? I have like a certain time I'm not allowed to eat past. And I got all kinds of people asking me all the time, did you eat past? And I said, nope. But I don't like being out of control. How many can relate to me? It's like I want to say it's none of your business. I eat when I want to eat. This is my bondage is in none of your business. Right? And how many have areas of your life that's just like that? Come on. Mine's just easier to see, you know? And, and you got to develop teamwork, you guys. It's important. Teamwork. The eye cannot say, right, to the hand, I don't need you. Okay? You, and you need the people around you. You need people to believe in you. You, you know, I have this friend, Harlan Matson. He's a, 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 a pastor, but he's really good at finances. He started a retirement program for pastors, especially the older ones who've invested in the kingdom all this time. And then they end up not having any money. And he wanted a ways to pull together. God, he, was, he felt the Lord was leading him. Well, him and I have become friends over the last 10 years or so. And he'll call me up. He's even flown out here a couple times just to meet with me. And he goes, hey, he goes, so sh- share me. You've shared this vision. Tell me. And, and then he will listen to, him, to me and I'll go, man, I, I don't have a lot of people that I can share really what's in my heart. You know, I mean, I have my spouse and I have some friends around, but, but like take an hour, Eric, and tell me what you think God's telling you. And I'm going on and on. We need people around us like this. Amen. And it's like, and now you got people believing in you that live across the country, right? We need other people. And then a positive attitude. We, we covered a whole, this in the 10 scriptures that'll change your life, so I won't spend a lot of time on this. But there is a way to keep focused, even in the midst of the trial, to say the Lord's going to get me through this. It may be devastating, it may be hurtful, or you're trying to win the project and your attitude starts to go down. You, you, you don't feel like persevering right now and you're weak. And there's times when you have to refresh and rest. And there are times when you just have to say, Lord, I got to keep positive. Amen? Can you imagine if the Lord gave up on stuff? You know what I mean? Just like, I'm not sending Jesus. Forget these guys. Crush the world. Get hell ready. Let's go. I knew I shouldn't have made these eternal beings. I should have made temporary beings. And I made eternal ones. Okay, Michael, go at it. I'll be over here in the chair watching American Idol. And listen, I'm glad that you guys watch shows like American Idol, but sometimes you've got to get on the show yourself. You got to step out. You got to audition and listen to the judges go, Your voice is not that good. You're kind of pitchy. Whatever it is they say. And you know what? And you got to take it home. You got to suck it up. You got to listen to the criticism. You got to get a vocal coach and you got to get better so you don't end up on the reruns. Right? And you know those people that leave that show and they go, I'm telling you, I was great, man. You didn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. They're all professionals in the industry who have made it as talent scouts. But they don't know what they're talking about. You know what you're talking about. 
positive attitude. And the last one here on this one right here is, and we're going to wrap up soon here, is they are life givers. Winners are life givers in their life. They're looking for opportunities. And my, I gave my wife as an example first service, but my wife is this. My wife sees other people wherever she goes. It's not an act. She's not trying to impress them. She just sees them like God sees them. Not exactly, but you know what I'm saying. And I love that. I'll go with it. No matter where we go, we go to a hundred different places and she'll walk up and she'll see somebody and it's not phony. She'll just see them and she'll go, man, I love that person. And she'll, and she'll be able to talk about them and she'll be praying about them and through, about them through the week and care about them. My wife rocks. She does. You know? You know? Her, her, her and I were talking the other day, and she, she was asking, you know, she won't mind me saying this, but she was asking, you know, like, what do you think God has for me? And I go, babe, God's got so much for you. When I see you, I go, you're a leader. You're powerful. God's got you in the Lord. Can, can I tell you, it's fun to believe in people, especially when it's not made up. You know people who marketing people who snow you? They're trying to get your sale, you know? buttering you up. That's different than when someone squarely looks you in the eye and goes, I see you. I see you. And they can talk about things that they see in you that are from God. Because God has filled this place with his eyes and his words that remain silent for so long. And God says, look, look. No one can get saved. Look, the harvest is ripe. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't have any gifts. I put my spirit in you but I don't know what the truth is. I'll guide you into all truth. Yeah, but what if you leave? What if I lose my salvation? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, ever. Yeah, but what if, it, what if I can't finish it? He who began the work will carry it unto completion. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of your faith. See the people around you. Peter, I see you. This is what you are. And look past the struggles I've said this before, but we have a tendency as people to define people by their past mistakes and weaknesses. And that becomes their definition. Well, guess what? It's a new morning this morning. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity. It's a time for fruitfulness. Be a life giver. Jesus says, I've come to give life, life to the full. The Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Just say it with me. Say, I'm a life giver. It comes not by our power, but by the Lord in us. We can turn darkness and bring light to it and change the situation. We can. We have that power. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord or the ways of the Lord, who meditates on his law, his ways, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Amen? Amen? Okay, and then the last two points here. Number six, allow God to open the doors. And I am probably the worst example for this. 
I'm learning this. I've been learning this. But it's, I'm always amazed at my own stupidity. There are so many times where I, it's so hard to be patient. Isn't it? And I realize I have the gift of patience. It's a certain kind of patience. It's called impatience. <laughs> I feel like I have an anointing. You know what I mean? It's just, how many feel impatient sometimes? Yeah. How many really feel impatient sometimes? Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, you know, God's saying, I want to open the door. Part of the reason that he does that, let's say he doesn't do that and you just bash open the door and you open it. And then at the end of it, as you're walking in this thing, you go, wow, man, I opened that door. What's going to happen? You start to rely on yourself. And you go, man, I did this. I did this. I did this. Versus when you're waiting on the Lord, you can easily say, God did this. And it takes the burden and makes it light. Winning becomes a waiting process sometimes. But God, you don't have to stop. It says, when you turn to the left or the right, your ears will hear that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is a scripture that's so important because it's telling you that the Lord will steer you as you go. And then number seven, this is a big one. Don't be a quitter. Don't quit. Don't quit. No matter what it is, no matter what the circumstances are, like don't quit. This is not the time to quit. You might think to yourself, man, I gave it all. And if you're on the wrong venture or you missed what God said, get some counsel. You know, a wise man listens and grows wiser still. You know, plans fail for lack of guidance. But he who has, you know, a a counselor will seize the victory or see the victory happen. So these are super important scriptures. And I love this in Joshua. It's such a common scripture here. It says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. He says that over and over again. Be courageous. Don't be terrified. Why? Because he's terrified. God's showing him where he's going. You know, I wish God would take you to like to the Copacabana or something. I don't even know what that is, but it just sounds cool. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what it is, but it just sounds like a, to me, it sounds like a party and a band and a beach, you know? The Copacabana, there it is, man. I want to go there. And I just want God to go. I want you to seize the cabana. I'm going, Lord. I'm Copa in the cabana right now. But he doesn't. He takes you to a place where all the people are going to experience the victory. And he calls you in your family. He calls you in your relationship. He calls you on these places and says, now enter into it. This isn't the time to be unteachable. Listen to God. This isn't time to think you know it all. This isn't time to go, oh, my experience has told me I need to go to the right. No, don't go by just your experience. Go by listening to the Lord. And he says, don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged. I'll be with you wherever you go. Because though a righteous man falls seven times, yet he'll get up. Psalm 108, 13, with God, we will gain the victory. And he will trample down our enemies. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to make the mistake that me and my pastor friend talked about where I turn you to the flesh. I'd rather turn you to the cross. The victory has already been accomplished. It is finished. It's done. 
Now you get to walk in it. You get to experience it. And you might think, oh, you're preaching too much goodness here, Pastor. I'll see you in a couple thousand years. And when we're in the heavenly places, in the very presence of God, I will apologize to you for under-preaching it. Because I guarantee you will see that this God is for you. And if he is for you, who can possibly be against you? There's no height, no depth. There's no angel. There's no demon, right? There's not any power that can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ. And the things that he's prepared in advance for glory. For those he called, he foreknew. Those he foreknew, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. How many say amen? Father, we thank you. Elvira, come on up as well. Father, I thank you for your word. Let's truth, Lord. And Lord, we could probably all acknowledge, even if you're an unbeliever, you can recognize good principles when you hear them. But first comes the time where you just have to say, Lord, I've lived my life and part of my life where you've seen losing as a pattern. Don't deny it. Don't worry about what anyone else has said. Just look at them for a moment and just say, Lord, I've been overcome by losing. It may be a specific area, family, marriage, parenting, job, whatever it is. Nobody's arrived. But you you sense that there's a depth to it. You say, Lord, I don't want to live in this losing, but I admit I've lived there. Will you just raise your hand to say, Lord, I've lived there. I've lived there. I've seen losing. I've caused losing. Lord, I've discouraged people even from going to overcoming. I've stopped them. And then we say, you put your hand down and we say, Lord, I want to welcome you into my life in these areas. It's not a, it doesn't have to be a brand new thing. Maybe you talk to God every single day. But right now, in this day and this moment, when you heard the word preached, God was speaking to you and he's saying, I want you to welcome me in. My victory, my joy will be your strength. My power will be made complete in your weakness. And you say, Lord, teach me to overcome losing. Show me how to walk in victory. Show me. If that's you, would you just raise, I'm not asking specifically here, both hands. Raise both hands to God to say, Lord, I surrender. And then reach out. I embrace what you're doing. Walk me into the victory that I need. And would you just name that area, whisper the area. You can name a couple areas. But but use your mouth. God spoke the whole world into existence with his mouth. Speak it and say, Lord, I need victory in this area or that area. Just name it before God. Father, I thank you. We praise you. Thank you for your incredible power. Bring a release in this place. Be released from losing in the name of Jesus. Don't let the lies of the enemy. You did not hear me say there'd be no trials. You did not say me hear from me that I'd say there'd be no hardships. I said that you can win over them. That you can win through them. And you can have times of prosperity and blessing and peace with God with trials that you don't create. You will have tribulation around you in trials, but Jesus has overcome the world. And I speak life to you. I speak momentum to your life. I speak faith. Some of you have doubted or you've gone down this believing path before, but it was just a test in your mind. I'm telling you, throw the test away and live it. Trust God. 
all the way.